The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. And Josh, really, let's face it, with football games being over now, we've got to talk about the offseason. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing that happened in the last few days, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. becoming much richer than you and I are ever going to be. $137.5 million, 74 guaranteed. What were your initial thoughts on Garoppolo becoming the richest man per one contract in league history? I mean, it's not surprising, given everything that happened leading up to the contract being handed up, the trade from uh, New England, Garoppolo not being able to lose, apparently, in games. I mean, this is their guys. Kyle Shanahan, they were going to do this in the offseason anyways, you think. They were going to give him a big contract, so they just gave it to him now. This is good. It's it's just as exciting as it was when he was winning for them during in that last stretch of the season. We kind of saw this coming, and you know now the, now the real work begins. Now it's all about Shanahan getting together with Garoppolo, getting that offense going, finding out what they're going to do in free agency if they're going to go out and maybe get some running back help if they're going to get out some wide receiver help, fix up that defense. Like the future starts now. It was it was nice when they were winning. It was a nice little precursor or prelude. Now this is where they need to really make their bones. Well, before they got Garoppolo, I should. Have- actually say while he was still on the bench there right after they acquired him they started mm-hmm. the season one and ten obviously one of the worst teams in the league right there with the Browns the Giants mm-hmm. then Garoppolo comes in and as you mentioned doesn't lose a start goes five and oh he's seven and oh for his career yeah and looked terrific if you look at the numbers uh you know he only had seven touchdowns to five picks but if you watch the film he played much better oh, than yeah. that he, he was terrific and so looks like a really good marriage with Kyle Shanahan and that mm-hmm. but you're right you know they go out, they take care of that big contract. They have the coach, they have the quarterback. So yep. now they're set up, and now they can move forward with, okay, we've got to put the pieces around him. Carlos mm-hmm. Hyde, he's a free agent. Do they retain him? Do they go another direction? And then on top of that, where do they go with these wide receivers? Because outside of Marquise Goodwin, there's nobody there. No. Okay, George Kittle was the second-leading receiver on that team. And I, <laughs> I, would, I would venture to say that George Kittle's family couldn't pick him out of a lineup. So I, I think fair. you've got to do more than that as a Jarvis Landry, Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins, Allen Robinson, Nate Paul Richardson. The Niners now have to help him out. But, hey, 
getting Garoppolo done is a big weight off of John Lynch's shoulders. Oh, yeah, big time. And, you know, John Lynch is doing really – everybody was making fun of John Lynch when he took this job. Oh, this is a joke. I can't believe that they're giving him this job. He has no qualifications. And now look at it. He's got one of the most exciting young teams in football. Now, it's not a completed project yet, and mm-hmm. the things could go off the rail. They could go 4-12 and next season. Sure. And it could, you know, completely not work out. But the foundation seems to be set. And as much credit as Shanahan's going to get for developing the team, I think John Lynch, who was, you know, a topic of conversation with the Hall of Fame selection, he didn't get in. I'm convinced that he's going to solidify his candidacy with a good GM job, and that's what he's doing so far. Like, he's going to—if he wasn't already going to get in as a player— I'm not saying that Garoppolo right now makes him a Hall of Famer, but he's definitely he, he's right. he's approaching this I mean, a lot better than people thought. No, he, he's got a ways to go there for sure. But look, I mean, he was in the Fox broadcast booth for nine years right after yep. his retirement, and you're right, there were a lot of eyebrows raised when he got that job. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of well, geez, why would he get that job over somebody who's ripened on the vine and mm-hmm. you know another franchise for ten years or so in the front office? But I think they did the right thing. They could have franchised Tag Garoppolo. Yep. Would have cost about twenty two, twenty three million. And and so they could have done that, gotten a full year, seen what he was, and then said, okay, mm-hmm. let's move on from there. But if you believe in the guy, you get that big long-term contract out of the way. Now you're not paying that, – that his fifth yeah. year is going to be when he's 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it would have been when he's 32. Then if you still like him as a quarterback, you got to even go further into his career. So you're cutting off that extra year toward the back end. And if you're the 49ers – you had over $113 million yeah. of projected cap space. Yeah. Who cares? And everybody's talking about how big the contract is. You really look at the details. The $38 million cap hit this year, it's mm-hmm. fine. Oh, they yeah. have more money than they know what to do with. They still have the second most space in the league behind Cleveland. And then on top of that, if Garoppolo doesn't work out, if he goes mm-hmm. the route of Brock Osweiler, okay, they only really have him for two years. After yeah. that, they can cut him with only $4 million of dead money. So, in essence, it's a two-year deal. And then, you know, you have the $74 million guaranteed, but mm-hmm. after the two-year deal, it's a one-year deal for the third and fourth and fifth seasons. Yeah, and then you also avoid a situation like with Washington and Kirk Cousins where you franchise them, you yep. franchise them, and then it's just a disaster for years upon years, and then he's going to be... Jamie's Log, Progressive, the Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And then you lose out on them and you have to trade for Alex Smith. <laughs> that, that's what happens if you don't go this route. And I think San Francisco is really smart. They have their franchise quarterback. They got him locked up. What's the worst can, that can happen? He's not going to be Blake Bortles. And right. if he is, I mean, whatever. Worst case scenario, two years. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. Yeah. Right? So I think it's a smart move. You don't always want to kick that can down the road. No. Plus, what if he comes in, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Then he's even more expensive. I know a lot of people look at that contract and say, well, how much more expensive could it get? Mm-hmm. Well, believe me, in a couple of years as the cap continues to rise, those contracts, you know, when, when guys sign contracts that are at the top of the mark for their position, everybody always says, wow, it's a ton of money. Yeah. In reality, by the time that contract's halfway through, it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. So I think, look, it's not a bad move for Garoppolo. When you talk about Cousins and we transition now into him, he had to be looking at that contract thinking to himself, I got even richer mm-hmm. because – any agent worth his salt is going to say, well, if Jimmy Garoppolo got $137.5 million for seven starts, yeah. well, I've had three good years. I'm a pro bowler. Yeah. 
I've had at least 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns each of the last three seasons, mm-hmm. won a division, and, and a very dysfunctional organization, oh, yeah. mind you. So if, if I'm Kirk Cousins, if I'm his representation, like, okay, cool. That's below <laughs> our floor. Yeah. Now you pay our price with another quarterback off the market completely. Yeah, and that was another smart thing that San Francisco did in locking up Garoppolo is they didn't let Kirk Cousins set the price. And that's where you were headed. Whatever Kirk yep. Cousins was going to get, you were going to have to play, uh, pay Garoppolo more. So there was already that kind of element in play here. As for Cousins, like, I, who would you rather have at this point? Would you rather have Cousins or would you rather have Garoppolo? Like if you were – you know, not even the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you're someone like the New York Jets, the Cardinals, or, or the Cardinals, team, or somebody like right. that, and you have the option between backing up the Brinks truck for Garoppolo yep. or for Cousins, which route do you go? It, that's tough. That's tough because Cousins has more of a track record, obviously, but he's also going to turn 30 in July, and mm-hmm. Garoppolo's 26. I would probably go with Garoppolo because, look, I like Kirk Cousins, but to me, Kirk Cousins needs an extraordinary supporting cast around him to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. You can make the playoffs with Kirk Cousins, but you're going to yeah. run into quarterbacks in the playoffs that are better than him. Mm-hmm. Now, with Garoppolo, maybe that ends up being the case, but the ceiling is higher. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if you want to play it more risky, as I would, I would go with Garoppolo just because, hey, look, maybe this guy develops into a top five, top six mm-hmm. quarterback. You know the pedigree he has coming out of New England, having been in the room with Brady for years. Yep. So I, I, think, I think Cousins is a good player. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of like a Derek Carr and Alex Smith. Like, he's good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. Obviously, those guys have proven you can win with, with them under center. But can you win a Super Bowl with those guys? Maybe, but you are going to have to put a very, very good team around them. They're not going to elevate your roster, in my no. opinion. And, yeah, like you said, we know what we're getting with Kirk Cousins. There's not a whole lot more development that you're not waiting for he him is to develop into a franchise quarterback. He's a very decent quarterback. I wonder if... Because what I struggle with is this, and this has been a problem with football for a very long time, but paying people too much money who don't deserve to be paid that much money. And Kirk Cousins deserves to be paid as a starting quarterback in football. He doesn't deserve to be the highest paid quarterback in football. And that's what he's going to be when somebody signs him. Cleveland, New York, Jacksonville, somebody signs him. And I wonder, you know, if maybe there needs to be a reckoning like we kind of have in baseball right now where free agents are just sitting out there. Top free agents are sitting out there because teams are like, we're not going to pay you that much money. And it's kind of resetting the scale. But the problem with that is if you've got New York, Denver, and Jacksonville all saying, we're not going to pay you. Arizona's going to say, all right, we will. Yep. So, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of a hard thing. And I think I don't know when the bubble is going to burst. But Kirk Cousins becoming the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, that's about as close to the bubble bursting as I think we can get. Kirk Cousins being 20% of your cap is insane. Oh, you can't build it. Like, and see, that's, that, that leads perfectly to what I was actually going to say about the teams that are rumored to be interested in him. Mm-hmm. The Jets, the Bills, the Broncos, the Cardinals – you know, maybe the Vikings, Jacksonville, it's rumored that Blake Bortles is going to stay there. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, obviously them. Like, I understand Jacksonville or Minnesota. You look at your team and say, you know what? We have that supporting cast. Like, we are that guy away. We are an upgraded mm-hmm. that position away from being a Super Bowl caliber team. If you're Denver, what is the point? You have to bend. Like, there's already talk that Aqib Tlaib and Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. are either going to be traded or released. No. If that's the case, what are you putting around him? Fat C.J. Anderson and Demarius Thomas? I don't, I don't understand. And, and then you go to the Jets and the Bills, it's kind of the same thing. Like The Bills, of course, made the playoffs. Give them credit for that. But mm-hmm. does anybody think they're Kirk Cousins away from challenging New England? No, no they're not. The Jets, no, they're not. Arizona, again. No, like, And these teams that have high picks like Cleveland, like the Jets, like the Broncos, why wouldn't you take a quarterback in the first round mm-hmm. that you get on a cheap 
rookie four-year contract. Yep. So to me, look, I think Cousins is fine, and he'll get his money because, you know, as you mentioned, he's going to be the highest-paid player, mm-hmm. not because he's the best, but because he's got leverage. It's a bidding war. Yeah. And so it, good for him for getting out to free agency. Most quarterbacks in their mm-hmm. primes don't get to that point. But I, I look at it and say he is not worth, nor, is, nor are most quarterbacks, the amount of money that he is going to get paid. No. It is nuts. And these teams that aren't close to winning a Super Bowl, I don't get it. You're just you're hurting your ability to put a good roster around him, which he clearly needs to get to where you want to go. Yeah, and then you take a look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is the best quarterback in football, unless you're in New England and think it's Tom Brady. He's going to look at this contract and say, oh boy, Kirk Cousins, who's about <laughs> six or seven rungs lower than my talent level, is getting this much money? Like now you're getting to the the area where you're talking about these, you know, Robinson Cano two hundred and ten million dollar contracts that are getting. How's that worked out? But they're not going to be stretched over ten years. That's the problem. These, you know, they're going to get those big baseball contracts in a shortened period of time. And I'm just really concerned. Like it's it's an inside baseball thing, and I'm sure you know fans don't care about it right now. But when the bubble bursts, and it's going to, I'm just I'm very concerned about what that's going to do to the salary cap, what that's going to do to rosters, and it's going to reset the balance in a big way. Maybe that's what it needs. Maybe we, we go back to that. But You know, I, I think, look, you know, we talked right at the top about Garoppolo getting that big deal. And so, you know, when you get that kind of money, it does impair your team's ability to build around. Now, the mm-hmm. Niners have so much cap space that right now it's a non-issue. Yeah. But one thing, you, know, you talked about Lynch, and, and we agree, like, he's done a terrific job. One area where he may have missed the boat was in the draft last year. Like we'll see how Solomon Thomas plays out, and they got incredibly high marks from mm-hmm. just about everybody, including myself, on their draft. But Reuben Foster, yep. got to talk about him quick. Uh, he goes out and gets himself arrested, and there's allegations that it involves domestic abuse. It's the second time he's been arrested mm-hmm. since January 12th. Uh, you know, where do the 49ers go with this? He's a first-round pick. You've made a significant investment in him, and he looks like a very good player. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, this, this organization's been down this road recently yeah. with a guy named Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. So I am fascinated to see what they do because that's not a that's not a situation you want ever, but especially when you're a young team trying to work your way up. Yeah, I mean, that's, it was like Tremaine Brock or somebody. Was, he got cut the day after he was arrested for allegedly strangling his girlfriend or something like that. And, you know, the NFL is in a tough spot with this because they have a very poor image when it comes to handling domestic violence the correct way. And John Lynch seems to have set the standard with the Brock thing, with these other things that he's come out and said. And that's, you know, you have to decide. You have to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, this is how we're going to run an organization. Do not go, do not fall on the wrong side of the line. We're not in the business of doing favors. We're not in the business, you know, it's not good fellas. They're not going to cover up for you. I mean, some teams might, but I, if you're, if you're going to be John Lynch and run the team the way you want to run the team, you have to draw the line in the sand. And look, if you invested a first-round pick in a guy with character issues, you invested a first-round pick in a guy you know you might have to cut at some point. You shouldn't look at it and say, oh, you know, he's going to rehab himself. He can rehab himself with Oakland. He can rehab himself somewhere else. You need to, you need to take a stand as an organization. Otherwise, you're not going to have change. Otherwise, you're going to have more of the Greg Hardys in the world where you're like, oh, yep, the Panthers don't want anything to do with him, but everybody else is going to be like, yeah, we'll give him a second shot. It's just this this idea that they need to be rehabbed and get second chances in life. It's, you know, not not, not at this highest level of the profession. No, I mean, not everybody gets a second chance when they do something like that. And, of course, it's it's important to remember right now it's allegations. Okay, so we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know. The first arrest wasn't for domestic violence. The first arrest was 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 a a marijuana marijuana related issue. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so, look, there's – but, you know, there were some red flags with him and his behavior mm-hmm. before he was drafted. He got, he got tossed out of the combine for allegedly having some issues with some hotel staff – or mm-hmm. some hospital staff. Um, the, the 49ers need to find out what happened, mm-hmm. and they need to act. Now, look, if it comes out that these allegations are false, and fine, fair enough, right? Everybody deserves due process. Yeah. But if it comes out that these allegations are true – then that that's going to be very interesting to see how they handle mm-hmm. that because it's a first round pick that's a lot of money that's it's a lot of you know you're trying to build around him he's the middle linebacker what are you going to do mm-hmm. are you going to set a precedent for your team and get rid of him or are you going to allow him to be suspended and move on you know it every team handles it differently but that's a young team trying to get better uh, but hey at the end of the day uh, it's that's a situation to follow because that's yeah. a team on the rise and that's a player who's very important to that ascension. It's true, and you know. It, transitions into the next thing we want to talk about which is you know every week we go around the nfl try to find out what the story is the narrative so one of the biggest underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app draft your team and that's it and if drafts aren't your thing they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to 100 dollars in bonus cash Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Stories this week, Verderam, was in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We had Josh McDaniels agreed to be the head coach, then backed out. Then they had to find a new guy. It seems like they have. It seems like the Colts are going to hire Frank Reich, who is the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll be the new head coach, comes in. Wasn't really a big candidate on the circuit before this. He was being considered. But, you know, now he gets the job in Indianapolis. So what's the story with that? This doesn't seem to me to be a panic hire. You know, there's been guys who have pulled out before. And then the team's left holding an empty bag, and they have to kind of scramble and figure things out on the fly. But I feel like the Colts maybe got the better candidate here, considering Frank Reich, he's developed quarterbacks before. He has a history doing this, whereas Josh McDaniels, great coordinator in New England. But as we've seen with not only players that come out of New England, but coordinators that come out of there, they're system guys. They're part of their parts in the machine, and once they go into another machine, they're just they're not compatible. I wonder with with McDaniel's look. Every time he's been outside of New England, mm-hmm. it has not worked out. No. Either as a head coach or a coordinator. We know about the disaster in Denver. People forget he was a Rams offensive coordinator. There was nothing special about that offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, it's it's hard to fail when you have Brady. It's hard to fail when you have Belichick as yep. a safety net. So, I think the Colts, frankly got off uh, you know, better than they would have if they had hired McDaniels. Mm-hmm. McDaniels is cold feet. He walks out of there. And to me, if I'm the Colts, I'm like, at least we got a guy who wants to be here. Yeah. And, you know, look, my only concern with Wright is he's 56. Mm-hmm. And that's a little old for first-time head coach. Okay, you look at the other coaches who got hired this year, a lot of teams going the way of Sean McVay, right? Yep. Young guys, yep. Mike Vrabel, Matt Nagy, Shermer getting a second opportunity, 51 years old, but still a little younger. That being said... I like what Reich has done. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could say how much of that is him, how much of it's Peterson, but credit where credit's due. The Eagles are very innovative and explosive yeah. offensively, despite some serious injuries. Jason Peters, of course, Carson Wentz, Darren Sproles. I think it's a nice hire. The key for me in Indianapolis, though, it's not about the coach, really. No. It's about Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck's healthy, that team has a shot to compete in that division. Not a particularly strong division. If Andrew Luck's not healthy... 
Right would have to be a miracle worker yeah. to win six or seven games with that team. There's just and it's nothing against Jacoby Brissett, but they're simply just not good enough. Mm-hmm. They need luck to really drive that franchise. But I like the hire. I think it's a good hire, and I think Wright deserves his opportunity. Yeah, I like the hire as well. And I wonder, you know, there's the ESPN report that came out this week, and that said Belichick basically talked McDaniel's back into the job and his way out the door, saying, "I'm going to take you under my wing and do all these things." Which at first made me think, "Well, what has he been doing all this other right. time? Kind of like yeah. push him off into the corner and not not, not kind of teach." them some things but then I wondered I want how much of this has to do with luck how, how much does McDaniels know and I'm not saying like he knows some kind of inside information where luck's going to be out but right around the time those rumors were coming out that oh he might not take the job he might back out we were hearing oh luck might need another surgery he might not be ready for the start of next season so I wonder if that helped his decision to get the cold feet and kind of skip back to town to uh, New England. Not to not to go off uh, topic, but if you're the Colts and you draft third overall, take quarterback. I, I mean, obviously yet. they have to know mm-hmm. what's going on. Like you'd think if they yeah. don't, they're completely incompetent. I agree with you. I wouldn't either. But I got to tell you, you know, if, if you are getting reports that you, mm-hmm. you know you don't know, we might need another surgery, and Rosen or Darnold or somebody like that is sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That being said, look I, again. I think Bright's a nice hire for them. It'll be interesting to see how, how he fills out that staff. They need an offensive coordinator. Um, but the Colts the Colts are an intriguing team in the AFC if Luck is healthy because, yeah. quite honestly, you look at that conference. It's New England. It's Pittsburgh. And then it's a whole lot of question marks. Kansas City's been a team that's been in the playoffs the last handful of years, but they, they get rid of their quarterback. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that's going to look like. The Chargers are always a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, he's coming back. But yeah. J.J. Watt, is he the same guy? A lot of injury history now. Mm-hmm. So the Colts, I think good for Frank Wright, and I think good for the Colts for acting quickly and getting a good candidate in there. Yeah, I liked it. And so another team that needs to maybe think about what they're going to do this offseason is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. So they go to the playoffs this year. Everybody thinks they're going to match up with New England in the AFC Championship game. They forget that they have to beat the Jaguars, <laughs> which was a massive misstep by them. <laughs> and now they have uh, an offseason to think about it. And they just recently cleared some cap space, which makes, you know, we were talking about it off air, makes you wonder what are they going to do with that cap space? Are they going to go after a big free agent? Are they going to maybe retain Le'Veon Bell? What's the story with that cap space that the Steelers are clearing? Because that's the franchise that usually doesn't spend big, but they just cleared some space. They did. And, you know, look, general manager Kevin Colbert over there has done a nice job uh, building that team through the draft. Mm-hmm. And you, Because you mentioned, you're right, they don't do a whole lot of yeah. free agency. Uh, you look at that team, though, and it's intriguing because they, they restructured the deals with David DeCastro and Stephon Tewitt, mm-hmm. and they gave Roosevelt Knicks a, a fullback there, a four-year extension. So... Basically, according to Over the Cap, anybody who's an NFL fan should check out the site. It's a great website. They have $7.6 million projected under the cap. And mm-hmm. so if they want the franchise, Bell, Bell's going to cost twice that. Yeah. They still don't have that room. Now, they could cut Mike Mitchell. They could cut Joe Hayden. Mm-hmm. But Joe Hayden really helped them out last year. So I, I'm curious to see if they would do that. I think if you're the Steelers, you either get a long-term deal done with him or he's gone. Yeah. I get he's great. He's 25 years old. But he plays a position that is not for long. And so I look at him and say he's also had a lot of issues off the field. Mm-hmm. He's been suspended a few times. There was a report by Ed Bouchette out of the, out of the Pittsburgh uh, media that, that he didn't show up for the walkthrough mm. uh, the day before the game against Jacksonville. It's a problem. I mean, <laughs> which begs the question, too, like what is going on in that locker room? Yeah. That locker room, like they didn't bother to prepare for Jacksonville. He's not at a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Mike Mitchell's screaming at Jacksonville to the locker room for the game and, and is talking about how they're playing New England the following week. It's not, not a great look for the Steelers. So no. I'm curious to see if they kind of try to change 
the culture there a little bit, which they've really never had to do since no. Noel's been there, you know, coming in the late 60s. It, I don't know that they will tag Bell. I think they will either try to sign him and get a low first-year cap hit mm-hmm. or they'll let him walk. What do you think is the best option for the Steelers in this case? Because there's going to be a lot of talk this offseason about, oh, they need to keep Bell, they need to keep the three Bs together, otherwise that offense is going to work. But at some point you have to wonder who you're building the team around. You know, yeah. Are you building it around Antonio Brown? Are you building it around you know, Ben Roethlisberger's successor, who's maybe not in town, probably isn't in town yet, So unless it's Landry Jones. <laughs> He's not in town yet. I don't know if it's that. No. But what do you do? Who do you build that team around? Is it Bell? Do you bring him back and say kind of what you're saying, a, a bit of a culture shift? And say, this is the guy. This is who we're building this offense around. Right. Because he's been there. It's worked. They have a nice offense when he's, when he's healthy, when he's acting, when he's, when he's doing his job. But what do you do with that? Listen, uh, to me, you have to look at Roethlisberger and think he's got one or two years left in him. Mm-hmm. Right? Brown is, is getting to the point where as great as he is, mm-hmm. you're getting toward the end of his prime. Juju Schmidt-Schuster, though, looks like a player. Right? I'm building around that offensive line, which is still very good and very young. And, and I'm building around what I hope is a youthful defense with T.J. Watt coming yeah. in, uh, you know, and, and Casey, uh, excuse me, uh, Hayward still being there, yeah. right? And so I, I look at I look at them, and that that's how I would build because you can't build long term around a running back in the mm-hmm. NFL. Very rare is a guy who's a Curtis Martin yeah. who's good for you know, twelve years. Uh, I would I would say that I would let him go as great as he is. Mm-hmm. He's not worth the headache. And you look at the teams that are in the Super Bowl a lot, you know, Philly, New England, New England feels like every year. Who are their running backs? Yeah. Those teams, you know, their running backs are fine. But if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm looking at hey, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, two of the best what, five running backs in the league this year, third-round picks. David Johnson, mm-hmm. later-round pick. Yes, there's Ezekiel Elliott and guys like that, but a lot of good running backs in this league – they can be found second and third day in the draft. Yeah. And if you can get a player who's 80 or 85% of Le'Veon Bell in the third round and he's making 900 k mm-hmm. I'd do that and I would upgrade that defense, especially with Ryan Shazier being up in the air. You've got to fix that. Yeah. The, the Shazier thing, before we wrap up the Steelers point quick, what do you think is going to happen with him? What's the story with Shazier? Man, I, I hope the guy can come back. But right now he's just starting to walk with assistance. Maybe one day he can play again. You'd have mm-hmm. to get a doctor to clear him and all that, and the team to take on that risk, and him to take on that risk. I think, you know, they have an $8 million option on him this year. It's his 50 or the rookie deal. I think they're going to move on. I don't think they can no. pay him $8 million. He's not going to play this year. I mean, it would be the greatest comeback in human history. Yeah. So um, I think if you're the Steelers, look, they seem to love the guy. Everybody does who, who comes in contact with him. Keep him in the organization. Yep. Keep him around the team. Give him a role as a coach. Give him a role however he wants to be involved. But I think from a football standpoint, as cold as it is, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Yeah. And if you can move on from that money, and you may need to if you have to build that defense out when you're looking and saying, well, who are our core guys – Right now, your offense is loaded. Even if Bell's gone, you've got mm-hmm. plenty of weapons. That defense needs help. Yeah. We saw it against Jacksonville. And if Shazier's not there, you need a quarterback in the middle of that defense, and that money could be very well spent elsewhere. Yeah, last point here on our show. Uh, what's the story with the Minnesota Vikings and this controversy that's brewing with them not allowing their quarterback's coach to interview with Pat Shermer, who is now the uh, head coach in New York, they say, no, you're not going to interview for this job. We're also not going to promote you to our own offensive coordinator position because they hired uh, John Filippo from Philadelphia. What's the story with that? It seems like, you know, first of all, if I am re- denied the opportunity to interview for a job, 
I don't know if I want to stay in that current job. But he's also, what are you going to do? Like, you're under contract. He's getting paid. Maybe the opportunities are going to come. But it seems like if there was a year for that Vikings offensive staff to kind of go out and spread its wings and fly, it was this year. And, you know, Zimmer's kind of stepping on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, the story to me is that's bull, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you have an opportunity to let somebody move up in that field, you have to let them do it. You know, especially in coaching where – those guys work long hours, and I don't think people realize like, a lot of those assistants are not paid mm-hmm. an insane amount of money. I'm not saying they're, they're pinching pennies, but they're not you know, making millions like these head coaches are. So uh, I'm, I'm surprised that they blocked him. And if you're going to block it, find him, promote him. Mm-hmm. Don't bring in John Filippo, who, by the way, I think is a great hire for them, 39 yeah. years old. Okay, that's a guy now. He certainly, along with Wright, was a big part of Philadelphia's run. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you're going to keep him in-house, you've got to give him a promotion and you got to give him a bump in pay that would have been equal to what he'd be getting with the Giants. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. And I think Minnesota's done a real nice job with that organization under Rick Spielman and everybody else. But that that's not a, a move I like to see. you got to let guys move up if they deserve the opportunity. Yeah, and look, it, 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 it's just it's, it's bad. It's bad for business. It's like, bad luck. If you're Minnesota, you just got to let him go. Like, it's, he's the quarterback's coach. I get it. Whatever. But you got to let him go out and try to find that other job. Like, what good is he going to do? Staying in Minnesota, trying to develop a new quarterback for whoever comes in, because the idea is that Keenum is gone. You're going to maybe bring back Bridgewater. Are you bringing in Kirk Cousins? So he develops a guy for a year. He helps become part of that, and then he leaves. So if if the reason you're keeping him around is continuity, I don't know. Maybe that tips the Vikings' hand as far as maybe they are going to keep Keenum, and they wanted to keep some kind of continuity. They didn't want to start all over with a new offensive staff. They wanted to keep somebody there that he knew. But we haven't heard anything about that. We've heard Denver's interested. The Vikings really haven't come out and said that they want to sign him. So I don't know. It, it, it's a really odd move for me. I don't really understand it. No, and, and I think it's a bad look, too, in the sense of, like, if you're a coach now, you're looking at the Vikings and saying, well, I don't know if I want to go there. You know I mean? Obviously, if that's your only option, of course you would. But if you have options, maybe you're looking at that and saying, well, geez, like, if they're going to block me from getting a promotion, from getting a you know, better-paying job, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, tough. that's a tough way to handle business. Uh, that does not happen often. I, I would understand it more if it was in division. Then I get it a little bit. You know, if, if the Lions mm-hmm. wanted to hire, okay, I get that. You don't want him going to the division. But, you know, just because it's in conference, so what? He's going, to, going with the Giants. What are you going to play them once every couple of years? Big deal. So I don't like it. Uh, and, and the Vikings, though, look, they, they have had a lot of shakeup. In fact, both coaching staffs in the NFC title game have had that. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it plays out. But this episode of the Sag in the Box is brought to you by Fanatics, where you can save 50% off of your purchase of $50 or more. Just use the promo code FANSIDED. That's right. And uh, Fanatics have great gear. And, of course, if you're an Eagles fan, my guys should be collecting everything that's come out because, let's face it, you've been waiting since the Kennedy administration. Well, to be fair, I do collect a lot of Buccaneers stuff. So, And they haven't been to the Super Bowl since 2003. So well, you can save an extra 15% if your team is not good and save up for when they're good. I'd get, I'd get some Chief stuff, except there wasn't a printing press then. Um, <laughs> So, no, listen, so with that being said, uh, definitely go check out Fanatics mm-hmm. and use our promo code. Um, but you know, thank you very much for joining us once again. We'll be here every Monday, uh, noon Central, 1 Eastern, to break down everything NFL. We'll get through this rough stretch. I know there's not a lot going on. Uh, luckily, a couple big contracts. But then all of a sudden, less than a month away, we're going to have free agency. And yeah. teams are going to be throwing around money. We're going to have a whole bunch of opinions. It's going to be a good time. Combine, um, draft, it's all yeah. coming up. So it's, it's busy. The NFL doesn't sleep. So. Josh Hill, I'm Matt Verdran. Thank you very much for watching. And if you like Stacking the Box so much, go ahead, go to iTunes, subscribe, give it a like, uh, and check it out on your phone. Why not listen again, right? So thank you very much, and we'll see you next Monday.